This week on the Steam Machine Podcast, hey, we need more time to become rocket scientists. Cue the music! Hey everybody and welcome back to another wonderful, stupendous, I got that word from Wrestlemania, exciting <laughs> episode of the Steam Machine Podcast. My name is Dalton and joining me as always are the Destructo Bros themselves. Oh yeah, it's Nate. Brother, you know it's Willie. And if you can smell what we're cooking, uh, I don't have anywhere to go with that. <laughs> Stone Cold Tetsu. So what we're cooking is that we didn't quite finish boiling Kerbal Space Program. As it turns out, two of us got out of the atmosphere, I think, <laughs> but we, we we were struggling hard. It's a difficult game. We on the struggle bus, pretty tough, and decided to um, do a, an interlude episode. Aye, aye. Indeed, Arena. <laughs> None of us even landed on the moon. And, and that's including me, who have I've played this game for like 100 hours, and I still couldn't get to the fucking moon. So, it didn't go, it didn't go good for us. Ah. <laughs> I am currently curious how you even get to the moon. So that'll be fun to figure out for the next. I, I got to figure out how to get up. And I got to figure out how to get out. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> well, the trick is when, first you go up, then you get circularized around the planet, and then you find an orbit to the moon. Uh, My goal this this next couple of weeks, I'm just going to harass Willie to stop. Like, hey, watch me play Kerbal Space Program so I can learn how to do this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll have a space camp. Yeah. What, maybe. Yep. The Discord can come watch if you guys want. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fun. We could do it on the Discord. That, that would be kind of cool. Um, what have you guys been up to this uh, this past two weeks? Man, it's been a pretty fun couple weeks. Like, uh, recently picked up an Oculus um, Quest Two. Oculus two? Quest Two. Thank you. I was trying to remember the name of it because I know there's Oculus Rift and Oculus Quest, and I was like, it's Quest Two. Yeah. And so I've been hanging around in 3D and doing all that kind of stuff. I've mostly been getting into um, Beat Saber. That game is ridiculously fun, y'all. Like, I don't know if you've ever gotten a chance to play it, but like, dude, it'll be a workout too. It's like, <laughs> like I've been hitting like my calorie goals and stuff on my Apple Watch just by playing Beat Saber over the last few weeks. It's been hilarious. And like, I've went ahead. I thought, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I thought about you the other day because somebody I'm friends with on Facebook posted where uh, they were playing an Avenged Sevenfold song in Beat Saber. Nice. And I was like, I was I thought about tagging you on it, but then I was like, oh, but he's not her friend, so it might not <laughs> come through. And like, his Facebook's weird yeah. like that, but I was like, oh man, yeah. So I think that was a modded song, possibly. I'm not 100% yeah, sure. Yeah, Avenged Sevenfold is definitely not one of the DLC packs. That's definitely a modded one. So, like, right now I've picked a couple of the DLCs up. Like, I went ahead and got the Fallout Boy DLC, which is fantastic. And then the Lady Gaga DLC, because. Her stuff is just, like, made for Beat Saber, if you think about it. Like, how those tunes just jam, you know? Um, Gaga's awesome. But, like, there is a modding scene to Beat Saber, but unfortunately, like, they haven't updated it in quite a while. So, it's a few versions of the game behind. So, like, I would have to downgrade my version of Beat Saber in order to mod it. Uh, And that way, mm -hmm. I would lose my DLC because it hasn't been updated since before those two DLCs that I got came out. So, I'm kind of like... I'm going to wait for him to update the mod just so I can get into it a little bit more. But like, 
I want to mod it so bad because this game is so fun. I know exactly how that goes because that was like when Skyrim Anniversary Edition came out yeah. and all my mod packs were like, oh, you have to downgrade. And I'm like, no, I'll just wait till one of these is compatible. That's cool. Yeah, so that's <laughs> kind of what I'm doing with it now, too. And oh my God, y'all, uh, Willie got to experience this with me, but Dalton, we're going to have to do it soon. I played Phasmophobia yes. in VR. Yeah, Dude, how was it's it? It's so fun, but it's such a different experience because you're like walking around and you're like in the house now. You're not just sitting at your computer with a controller. Like you can look around and see what's going on in the house. You're like, it's a lot scarier. And then when the ghost starts coming, you're like, I froze. Like I didn't even move. I just stood still because like I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> how was the... Uh the coming around your head. Like. So it only did like one arm instead of the two usual ones. It did like one arm around you and did that. And then you died. So it was pretty freaky. It's like not as freaky as like us all watching you guys play um, Devour earlier today on stream. Like <laughs> that's a freaky death in that game. Uh, yeah, that that that's because that shit's a jump scare. Yeah. Like and so you'll be running around and all of a sudden and there's the, there's the Ringu looking fucking spider lady from that level. Yeah, that game's that game's interesting. I'd like to it's try fun. with y'all sometime for sure. Because it seems like it yeah. seems different enough that it wouldn't feel like it's rehashing Phasmophobia, but it also feels like it would be fun. But I think I'm still gonna like Phasmophobia more. Yeah, I mean, I still I still enjoy Phasmophobia more, but uh, I like Devour much more than I like Dead by Daylight. I, I so. can tell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm always more happy whenever we're playing yeah. one of those games. There's also there's another one that she's got us uh, that she bought like that little crew that plays and then she wants to check out. It's called Pacify. Okay, haven't heard of that one. But neither have I. But apparently it's another one of those style of games. Did y'all ever try that? Um, I forgot what you called it. The haunted. Oh, the, the one that was like the elevator. Oh, the, the Happy Harry's yeah. Haunted. Yeah. Repair service. Yeah, yeah. We did we did play that a couple times. How that, was it? That game is interesting. Um, <laughs> It, it's like you're running around and you're trying to find things to fix, but you're also trying to find like fuses to like put into things. It's it's almost like uh, a it's phasmophobia esque because there are ghosts wandering around, but it's more like you can see them at all times. Uh -oh. So it's almost like a phasmophobia meets devour in a way. It's, a, but, it's an uh, Among Us. <laughs> very much a PS one. Uh ps2 early early pc style graphics so like it's not beautiful but it's procedurally generated so yeah. each level you go into is new so that's that's refreshing that's cool yeah you know, it's uh it's it's fun i would i would play it with you know with you guys i think it would be a good time for like game buds or yeah. a steam machine community thing whenever we finally the thing with the steam machine doing the community thing is all of us are in different time zones almost so yeah. it's yeah. very freaking adam very, over there in australia really screwed things up <laughs> I feel yeah. like he's like the, he's the one that wants to play with us I the know. most. Like, I wanna, but he's like nine hours <laughs> a wrong way. No, and I want to play with him too. <laughs> it sucks. And then I know, right? Arcader over there in Singapore, I think. Like, yeah. oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, they're all they're all over the place, man. Which blows my mind. Thank you guys yeah. for listening. Like, it's fucking wild to me when I look through all the countries that have listened to the show. I'm like, wow. And I, I do I do account VPNs for some of that, <laughs> but still. You know, I'm just like, that's, that's, that's why. Yeah, VPN through, so for, through um, Vatican City. So if you see one from Vatican City, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> Nate's oh, on the, the internet. Pope, the, the Pope, the Pope loves our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the Pope's just like, I agree. Fuck a Blair witch. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you think the Pope is Mario. <laughs> I know, especially, yeah. Is the Pope Argentinian? Uh, of course. <laughs> 
No, the Pope is Mario. <laughs> good point. Good point. <laughs> he's, he's, he's from Mario Gentile. <laughs> God, I hate that. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, man, if I ever get around to VR, I feel like Beat Saber is absolutely one of the most plays I want to try. I also really want to try Super Hot VR because yeah. that looks just really fucking cool. And uh, I would like, I honestly didn't expect to ever get around to playing Doom 3 in any form but if i did i was going to probably want to play it in vr for the first time so i still think it might actually if i play i want to play doom 3 the non-bfg edition in vr at some point because i think that maybe it'll give me some good scares well, wasn't least. there a doom game that was made for vr like vfr or whatever D- doom v- vfr I, yeah i have it on piece ps4 with my vr rig doom vfr um I think my it's like problem- a VR version of doom 4 right yeah yeah it's doom 2016 but vr and i think it's a little different than the actual campaign but i want to say gotcha. uh that game is hard for me because the music in Doom is so fucking good. Yeah. And where you, your crosshair is where you're looking, right? Because I don't I don't have the motion controls. Yeah. So I don't I don't have the aim. So it's wherever I'm looking is where I shoot. So I'm sitting there and my fucking crosshairs are just bouncing up and down. Cuz cuz I'm I'm just fucking headbanging going around. <laughs> um there were a few a few cool uh games that I had on PS4 VR and I'm curious if I know Moss is on Steam. And I've told you about that. Yeah, Moss is on the Oculus Store too. I could pick it up there. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Um, there was a game that I had too, but this game made me nauseous because uh, flying in VR is fine until you have to do a barrel roll. <laughs> oh, unless you're my buddy Dustin. Like I put him in my VR so he could play through Ace Combat 7's VR campaign, and I was like, by the way, barrel rolls might make you sick, and he just starts barrel rolling the plane like seven times. He's like, no, I'm fine, and I'm like, oh, we got a badass over here. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, it was, the game was called Star Blood Arena, okay. and um, it's just like it's an arena shooter, but you're all in like these little star fighter plane things, and it's just I don't know. It was it was fun, nice. Uh, and then there was a couple others. I'd have to go look um to see what exactly they were. But there's a lot of Gorn. This game is fun. Do what? Like a big beat em Gorn. It's kind of like a oh. big beat 'em up type game. I, I know there's there's a lot of VR stuff that's come out since I've really dabbled in it because my VR has been up in my closet for like a year. Yeah, what have y'all been up to this week, though? I know I've been just jerking around on oh. the Oculus. What about y'all? I got one. Um, the Battle Pass for Brawlhalla ended today, and uh, we literally just finished getting to level 85 today. Well, you got there yeah. yesterday. I got there literally today, last minute, to get the uh, Epic Orion skin and the uh, title. So, yes. Didn't go for Completionist, didn't do the uh, rematch mission, but uh, got the last skin, so that's cool. Yeah. It's fun. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, I have a few things noted down here. Um, I'm going to cover Septimus 3 first. So the last episode, I said I was going to play Wildlander. Oh, sorry. These are Skyrim mod, uh, mod packs, by the way, or mod lists. Thank you. Okay. Um, I was going to play the Wildlander one, which was the really uh, sim-like one that had like eating, drinking, keeping, you know, the survival yeah. mode style stuff. Uh, I was going to play that until Septimus 3 came out. Uh, literally a day and a half after that episode was recorded. <laughs> it wasn't even released. By the time the episode came out, Septimus 3 had come out. <laughs> so I started playing that, which I, I prefer Septimus because it includes the uh, the Legacy of the Dragonborn Museum. Nice. I know and you're big on the Dragon Legacy of Dragonborn mod. Like I, I you've told me that like that is a make or break mod for you. Absolutely. Like I won't play Skyrim without it now. And uh they finally like the reason they had updated to three and stuff was they had fixed some bugs and things like that. But also the uh, 
since Anniversary Edition came out, all the Legacy of the Dragonborn stuff got updated to Anniversary Edition except the community creation uh, patches. Mm -hmm. So that got released. So now that that's out, all of that stuff is now included in the museum as well. So now there's two whole new... I was walking around and all of a sudden there's two doors I've never seen before in the museum. And I cannot... I can't tell you the giddiness that I felt when I was like... (gasps) new stuff <laughs> <laughs> and I went into the rooms and I'm looking around at them and I'm like oh my god there's more stuff to get yes because awesome. it, so, it turns Skyrim into a collect-a-thon sorry you need 70 stars before you can open this door <laughs> <laughs> so I've uh, I've been dabbling in that and having a good time because I like a good collect-a-thon and I really like Skyrim so like merging those two into one is fantastic have you guys never done a collect-a-thon game on this show like I guess a lot of those were console games so I don't think like Banjo, but ukulele would probably be one of the more obvious ones. Then I've been that, that, that that's never come up. No, not yet. I've been looking forward to Was playing Snake ukulele. Was Snake Pass a collectathon? Uh, it might have been. <laughs> I didn't get. I, I think I played about an hour and a half of that okay. game. I I really appreciate Snake Pass for what it did, and it's really a cool concept. But fuck, is it hard to control a snake when you actually have to control it like a snake? Yeah. <laughs> it's a tricky wiki little game. I'm gonna have to add um, that to my Steam wish list to pick up if it's ever like on sale for a dollar. It's fun. I enjoyed it for what it was. Ryan absolutely fucking. Oh no, I remember that episode. It was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we need to have that happen on oh. the show where one of us just absolutely hates a game. Like <laughs> I feel like I feel like we've been on spectrums of our game reviews so far. Like <laughs> I feel like we've had like someone kinda likes it, someone kinda slightly dislikes it, and someone very dislikes it, but we've never had like one person loves the game, and the other two are like, fuck you, this sucks. <laughs> Although, the, the, if we had recorded Kerbal this week, it was going to probably sound like that, because there was some frustration about early progress. Just a little. Just a little. <laughs> Hopefully next week we'll have better thoughts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we just kind of need to hammer some shit yeah. out. Like, we need to... It, it is not a game that does great with early game handholding. It, it, it really doesn't have a very good early tutorial at all, and that's definitely something y'all can damn it for when we get there. But once you get going, it's really satisfying. Yeah, yeah. I hope. I hope you guys find <laughs> it satisfying. I don't know yet. I'm not. I think I'm, it's. I'm fun. not two weeks from now. Um. So I also just for nostalgia purposes resubbed to Final Fantasy XI, and what a fucking wild feeling i got when i logged back into that game and started playing it because i actually like last time i subbed <clears throat> like dave had subbed uh shout out tadpog tower and dave play old games and miller was playing a little bit and uh hashtag more miller on tadpog tower and they play old games <laughs> uh <clears throat> i i wanted to play with those guys but then like they ended up you know life gets in the way they never really logged on much so i kind of just ran around didn't know what i was doing and ended up just letting the sub go um this time i decided i'm gonna play it by myself and figure some shit figure shit out so now that i've been going through they've added so much to that game since i stopped playing it's fucking ridiculous dude (laughs) like just quality of life things like even stuff from like 14 where like back in the day if you wanted to get say if you wanted to teleport you had to either level up your white mage to learn the teleport spell and then go to the area that you would need to teleport to touch the teleportation crystal and that just gives you that general area so you can teleport to this area a but you still have to run to area d yeah you know what i mean now 
everywhere in each zone there's either a home point crystal or a survival a floating book that's a survival guide and you can warp to, from those to any of the other ones so like if you find a home crystal in oh let's say sandoria one of the towns but you've been to juno and touched the home crystal in juno you can just port between those crystals for 200 gil nice. which is a huge quality of life thing like that game uh I recommend anyone listening to this, if you're going to uh, ever go check out Tadpog, they did two episodes on Final Fantasy XI, and I, I 100% agree with them that that game does not respect your time, <laughs> or it didn't back then. These days, it respects your time a lot more than it used to. You know, uh, that you get experience quicker and things like that, too. I'm just glad that they've backported quality of life stuff into an older game like that, because that is not usually the way things go, you know? Oh yeah, no, and that's what I'm saying. If anything, a lot of a lot of old games like they're they're proud of the fact that they don't have modern features, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I believe that there are still some people who are like, oh well, we play on private servers because we don't like all these quality of life changes. And to those people, I say, enjoy your private server. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going to enjoy these quality of life changes, <laughs> especially one Meanwhile, of the things over here on RuneScape 100x experience server. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually play RuneScape. I don't know if that means anything. Sorry, sorry, RuneScape fans. <laughs> the the one thing that they've added that is the best thing for me because I'm pretty antisocial on uh, online games just from experience of other people um, is they added a, what's called a trust system. So like you can learn these trusts is what it's called, quote unquote, but then you can summon these guys like magic and they work as party members. So like you find different trusts that have different jobs, like you might have a, you know, a paladin or a white mage, a you know, a black mage and you can summon them and you have whatever you need so you can put a party together and not have to worry about finding other people that's cool okay yeah, yeah that's very helpful yeah yeah so i've just been playing it like a uh, almost like a solo final fantasy game because the story is pretty good that works man it sounds like a good way to <laughs> yeah. do it if you don't have a bunch of buddies playing it I mean, why not if the story's good and you're enjoying it that sounds good to me yeah i've heard people say sure. some good stuff about the final fantasy 14 story too like it's a legitimate game in the final oh. fantasy series so maybe the, i should get around to that at some point but it it is very off-putting to me the mmo thing you know oh yeah it's a huge time sink and there's a lot to it but i will say um if you ever get bored and you want to go on youtube and watch like the uh if they have like the cutscene story th- kind of things for 14 bro it's really good uh, su- su- surprisingly good. watching a let's play or whatever that's a good idea um i want before i get into my uh my uh rant uh i do want to touch on the uh fantasy league really quickly yeah, how's that going um, oh yeah absolutely i, I don't think we've an update in that in a little while yeah because there, there hasn't been too terribly much going on um i pick- you got a million billion jillion points from elden ring <laughs> well yeah so yeah I, I got a 95 in the end so i got 31 points from that stupid oh, um Total uh, Total War Warhammer, I have an 86. Uh, All the Alley World got an 86. Tiny Tina Wonderlands got a 78. Star Wars The Old Republic Legacy of the Sixth got a sixth, got a 62, unfortunately. Oh, no. Uh, King of Fighters 15 got an 81. Uh, Lego Skywalker Saga, 82. And Moss Book 2, which is the sequel to the VR game, got an 85. So, I'm not doing bad. Yeah, sounds you know? good. Um I have one spot, one free spot left because um, I've drafted Xenoblade Chronicles 3, Fire Emblem Warriors, Three Hopes, uh, WrestleQuest, which is that little like yeah. earthboundy looking wrestling RPG, and I drafted One Piece Odyssey. Okay. Because that's like an open world RPG. If it's anything, if it's going to come out and it's like DBZ Kakarot, but One Piece, it should probably do pretty good. 
If they could um, do anything with One Piece, why wouldn't they make a Sea of Thieves like? I don't know, but that would be cool. Like, doesn't that sound awesome? I, I would love like an anime Sea of Thieves. That would be fun. Um, let's see if there's been any other uh, releases that have come out. Let's see. Uh, looks like oh, Mike picked up two games called Beer and Breakfast in the Quarry. Or I'm sorry, Bear and Breakfast, not <laughs> Beer and Breakfast. breakfast. <laughs> Turtle Beer Man. Welcome yeah. to the Beer and Breakfast. Bear Cheers. and Breakfast. Uh, looks like Cody picked up the day before. Stephanie picked up Shovel Knight Dig and Sinuous. Shovel Knight uh, Dig. Uh, I think it's like a sequel, maybe. It's like I'm not, I'm not I think saying. it's more like. Um, are you f- familiar with the Steam World Dig game? I think it's kind of like that. Oh, but Shovel okay. Knight. Oh, okay. Cool. I might be completely wrong, but that's what I remember kind of seeing about it. I enjoy the Steam World, the Steam World games. From what I've played of them, they're pretty. Yeah, fun. I played the first one. I had it on Switch. Bought it on a whim because it was like a dollar ninety nine. I loved it, dude. That was a ton of fun. Uh, I did bid on and got beat out by, and Mike also bid on and got beat out by Philly G on a game called Return to Monkey Island. Yeah. So that was his. That's his final pick. So he's got all his game spots filled up. We're going to see how that goes. He, I can see that getting bad reviews too, depending. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, either it, that's a high risk, high reward yeah. proposition for sure. He already had one game that tanked in Babylon's Fall, which got a 43. Ooh. <laughs> so um, he's been trying to compensate for that by picking up some games. So like Return to Monkey Island, I hope that that can either pull him out of that little hole he's in or it's going to sink him further. I hope it whips ass because I, I I love the idea of people bringing back those old like adventure type games. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Because I, you know, there's games like Deponia and stuff, which I guess those are a little dated even now, but those were good for being after that particular generation. They were still good point and clicks. And I know we were a little rough on Full Throttle when we did the episode on it, but like I don't know, I, I still would like to see the genre continue to thrive. It feels like it's like relegated to the past, and I just I would like to see more of it. We were hard on that game, but that's one of the games that I think we've referenced the most times since. Like, how many times have we just randomly been like, I'm, gonna put I'm my not putting my that. mouth on that. <laughs> we were all like leaning into our mics, rushing to be yeah. the one that got to say that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, there's been some other pickups. Uh, Jeremy, my uh, Yavspod co-host, uh, got F1 Manager 2022. That's his most recent pickup. Uh I, he he told me because me and him right now. Uh, if you're I ha- only gonna f one manager, I would recommend effing the 2022. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he'll be here all week. Tip the veal, try the waitress. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm actually I'm ahead right now in actual points and projected points. Um, but Jeremy is in second. Dang, you have spot Jeremy. And he t- yeah, nice. Yep, yeah, yeah, spot Jeremy. He tells me. Uh, he goes. Man, he goes, I think it's going to be one of us that wins. He goes, but, you know, he goes, Starfield's going to suck, so you're going to lose out on that. <laughs> and I went, yeah, okay. You picked Shredder's Revenge, Lord of the Rings, Gollum, and All Elite Wrestling. I guarantee none of those come out this year. <laughs> so. I am really worried about at least two of those, actually. Yeah. Does anybody pick up Hollow Knight Silk Song? Because you were also going to be disappointed. <laughs> Wait. I think somebody did pick up Silk Song. Hold on. <laughs> I have the same exact feeling about Silk Song. Like, Silk Song, all of the wrestling, I don't think... I, I, until they show me, like, this game is about to come yeah. out, I don't believe it's ever coming out. That was uh, that was Phil's first pick, mm. was Hollow Knight Silk Song. Old choice for a game that's supposed to come out for three, the last three years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I was pretty much... Uh, 
how... I mean, at this point, I'm still surprised Breath of the Wild 2 is even on, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think Mike Mike dropped that. I think he had that on his list, and then it was put out that it wasn't coming out this yeah. year. Then he was like, damn, damn it, so he dropped it. Yeah. Which I'm I'm still considering dropping the Callisto Protocol, because while that's probably going to be awesome, um, all it says is release date 2022, yeah. and I haven't heard anything. I mean, at this point, you hardly need more points. You just need to not have a disaster. All you need to do is not pick a game that gets like a four rating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm hoping the... It's, it's, from my choices, it's looking good. The one that I'm most worried about is Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes because Warriors games are either hit or miss. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, but... Uh, <laughs> I don't even think hit or miss is the right way to describe like Musou games in general. It's more along the lines of they're all pretty much medium okay. Like none of them are super. I, I heard the Berserk one was really disappointing, so I'm sorry to the Berserk fans out there. But like for the most part, like they're just you know what you expect when you get a game with the Warriors name on it. Well, well, actually, <laughs> I was on Facebook where the uh, the smartest of people roam. <laughs> I saw in this comment section the other day, some people were, this guy was asking about uh, Hyrule Warriors and somebody commented and they were like, I got Hyrule Warriors expecting Breath of the Wild 2 and well, that was that's fault. not what it was at all. So that game sucks. And I was like, uh, do you live under a rock? What the fuck? Cause you, why didn't you watch a fucking trailer for it? Like it is obviously a warrior style beat em up game. Like what the fuck? <laughs> people be fucking dumb. Yo, and I expect I bought Samurai Warriors thinking it was a sequel to Way of the Samurai, and it wasn't. Yeah, and I bought Way of the Samurai thinking it was going to be based on Samurai Pizza Cats. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was a joke just for me. Thank you. <laughs> and that leads me into so Kingdom Hearts Four got announced. I yeah. freaked out. Because I love Kingdom Hearts. That is a game that I am probably going to choose at some point this year to play. All right. The original Kingdom Hearts, because I love it. Um, I've definitely been wanting to get an introduction to that series, because it is impenetrable from the outside, and I need someone to grab my (laughs) hand. Yeah, for sure. I I can lead you guys through the Kingdom Hearts uh, world. I can't tell you what the fuck's going on in the story, but... They can't uh, either. It's okay. Apparently, no one can. Yeah, Yeah, I can lead you through. Apparently, that's just how it do. Um, But it looks really cool. Um... It looked flashy as fuck. Uh, rest in peace, Sora's big goofy clown shoes. <laughs> he's got he's got normal size feet what? now, apparently. <laughs> Ooh, does he at least wear big goofy '90s jeans shorts? I think he's still in the same little getup okay. that he's got. Yeah, um, I, I saw somebody say, uh, "Uncanny Valley Sora is the thing of nightmares," <laughs> <laughs> which cracked me up. But, uh, I I'm in a group. I won't. I won't say what group because I don't want to offend anybody, but I'm in a group on Facebook and I shared the announcement for the trailer into the group and I saw where somebody had commented on it. So I went and I clicked it and it was basically like a paragraph and a half saying how Kingdom Hearts doesn't make any sense and they're just putting out another game that's not going to make any sense in this series is stupid. So I'm like, all right. So then another comment That is a strength, not a weakness. That is what it's known for. Another comment pops up, and they were like, oh, look, a game releasing that I don't give a fuck about. Why do people feel the and need then, to make these comments? And then another Stop comment pops up. Stop watching things I don't like to watch. <laughs> exactly. It's like when you see grown-ass adults getting mad about Twilight movies and shit, and it's like, come on, kid. You know it's not for you. Just <laughs> let it be. <laughs> so a- another comment pops up, and it says... If this game's anything like Kingdom Hearts 3, it's going to suck. 
and I commented on I commented I replied to that one and I was like I liked Kingdom Hearts 3 I thought it was fantastic it looked good and it was fun and he replied with some gif basically that just the gif was like trash it was basically referencing trash and uh, I just deleted the post and then I went and ranted about it in a discord chat that I'm in uh, that has to do with that community and then I think I ranted to you guys a little bit about it too and it was just like what and and if you are if you are somebody and I'm I'm sorry if listeners if you are one of these people take a good lord long fucking hard look in the mirror and listen to what I'm about to say if you're one of those people that somebody shares something and they're like yo this I really like this game and your first instinct is to be like that game sucks I don't like that game it's stupid it's shit go kick a fucking boulder and break all your toes <laughs> like seriously there's no fucking need for that you know how many times people have posted games that I don't like my first thought isn't to comment and be like oh that game fucking sucks it's just you know what I'll give it a like and I might ask them like oh well, what is it what is it about this game that you really enjoy and try to see it from their perspective or I just fucking like it and move on and I don't comment on it because like there is no need for it just let people like this. it's like what if you just what if you find out you enjoy the thing too like I didn't think I was gonna like Borderlands and I liked Borderlands like Maybe play the game, give it a shot, give it a legitimate chance, and open your heart and see if you enjoy it. Don't be a weird bitch about other people's joy. Even even if you've played it and you don't like it. Yeah, it costs you nothing to shut the fuck up. Exactly. It's just there's there's no reason to just spew some bullshit. And like I see it on Facebook, I see it in Discord, I see it all over places where people are just like, that game sucks. And I'm like, man, I, I get that sometimes on the show that we we talk about how we don't like the games and stuff like that but like people are actively seeking our opinion when they come to listen yeah, to us yeah that's that's you what, what I mean? the show is we say our opinion on something you <laughs> came here wanting an opinion on a game we give it we didn't just send, come into your post saying how much you love the game and start saying how awful dragon a game about a dragon your favorite game ever is you know we just did it on our show yeah. <laughs> and exactly. we're not even we we know we're not experts we are people that play games we enjoy them we try them sometimes we like them sometimes we don't but even when i give a score i don't mean it to be like objective when i say like seven and a half out of ten i don't mean and if you think it's a seven or an eight you're wrong what i mean when i say seven and a half is that is how much enjoyment i got out of that game like it is not prescriptive yeah yeah man and i saw uh a little bit later on um another guy that i'm i'm buddies with in that group shared the the thing as well and no one commented on it like they liked it but no one put a comment on there and i just commented on it and i was like i'm so glad that you posted this and didn't get flamed for it like i did this morning (laughs) and uh yeah it was i was just fucking i was livid about it because there was no fucking need for it yeah you know like it tells me about kingdom hearts too because like if i say kingdom hearts is stupid I'm going to say something you pretty much agree with. It is a weird, convoluted story that barely makes any sense. And people that love Kingdom Hearts are going to go, yeah, it rules, doesn't it? Yeah, because... Like, come on! It's like, while it's not making sense, I'm going to go find the other 72 Dalmatian puppies that I need. <laughs> exactly. You're, you're just having fun out there. And, like, and that, I respect that. And I still that, have no fucking idea what the fuck Kingdom Hearts is about, honestly. I know it involves the Heartless and Keyblades and shit like that. But I don't know what any of that means. The only thing that I've gathered from it, and I've played a, more than a few of the games, is uh, it's like a battle between light and darkness. Like, <laughs> it's it's your typical Fi- JRPG story finally. masked with a lot of yeah, a lot of other things. Do you get to kill um, God? That's what. 
I wanted to make that joke, damn it. Uh, I haven't killed a god yet, um, but I, that's not Goofy's saying that that's not going to eventually god. become the thing to do. <laughs> Goofy may not be a god, but he is a gorsh. I want to make an RPG where you have to kill Lemmy. <laughs> Frick question, dickhead. Lemmy is god. <laughs> oh, it's such a good movie. But yeah, just to, to put a cap on the whole thing, Kingdom Hearts 4 is probably going to be awesome. Um, and just fucking let people enjoy things. Yep. You know, just just let people like things. Period. I'm like, Dot, if you, period. If, end if of discussion. Something sucks. If it doesn't hurt anybody, just let it go. And like, even then, like, just open open your heart and give things a chance. Like, I hated this year's Royal Rumble. I was about to not ever watch WWE again after this year's Royal Rumble. Right? I watched WrestleMania Night One, one of the greatest nights of wrestling I've seen in a long time. Like, freaking. Sometimes things have ups and downs. Just. Try stuff. It, open your heart. Try it. Yes. Willie is speaking words of wisdom, so let it be. Yeah. Anyways. Oh, all right. This week, gentlemen, we have, prepa- we have prepared some, uh, some things, some fan theories and some secrets, some hidden meanings in games and such. Um, where would you guys like to start? Do you want me to start? Do you want you guys, one of you guys want to start? What would you like to do? Well, I feel like Willie probably has the most like um, quantity of things to go over. So like maybe we let Willie start with a couple of his secrets and Easter eggs and stuff, and then we'll move on to a couple of our theories, Dalton. Okay. Works so I kind of misunderstood the idea of this episode. I kind of figured we were doing like stuff that was like, not necessarily in a video game, but kind of got cut or like they, and it turned out they were doing fan theories. So my stuff is going to be a little different from what the rest of them are doing, but I would like to lead with two Easter eggs that made it into games because both of them extremely cracked me up. I love a good Easter egg. I just want to throw that out there. Like Uh, absolutely. They're they're tremendous. So most of my other stuff is going to be, uh, after I do these two Easter eggs, the rest of it's going to be uh, stuff that was left in the game that was like in the ROM or in the source code that is in there but not accessible through the game. These first two are Easter eggs that actually did make it into the game. And the first one I want to bring up is Tiger Woods 1999 for the Sony PlayStation. Okay. I had that game. Okay. It's a great game. It's a classic of golf gaming. Golf, Golf games are great. This game, however, was probably best known because the original release of it had a uh, little short in it that was left on disc by a prankster at the studio who put it in like four days before the game actually went gold. You know, yep, Dalton made a face. I couldn't hear him, but he knows it's the spirit of Christmas, Jesus versus Santa, (laughs) one of the two pilots for South Park. (laughs) That's right, dude. I remember hearing about that and being like, what? Yeah, the entire episode is on the disc as a uh, random file that if you rename the file from .dat to QuickTime, it will let you play it, and it's it's just straight up that entire That's episode. That's amazing. That's amazing. And then the, <laughs> the other thing I wanted to share is just, I love when people hide stuff deep, deep, deep in a game. I love and hiding stuff deep, this, deep, deep, but continue. Yeah. Yes, deep. Yeah. Big, deep. <laughs> So, in Doom Eternal, I mean, the Doom soundtrack is fantastic. It's The main songs have been composed by, you know, Bobby Prince for the original two Doom games, uh, Aubrey Hodges, I want to say, for 64 and PlayStation, and then, like, uh, Doom 4 and Doom 5 were done by uh, Mick Gordon. 
and Mick Gordon hit an incredible soundtrack hint thing. He hit something really cool in the soundtrack, which is if you actually open up the soundtrack of Doom Eternal in a spectrogram for the song Welcome Home Great Slayer, you see this image. Whoa. <laughs> oh, holy That's shit. awesome. Dude, uh, you should screen grab that and post that in the Discord, if you will. Not right I'm now. I'm absolutely but, going know. to because there's there's no other way I could have like shared it with you guys. I didn't want to spoil it before we got into it, but I'm actually going to put it into the group chat now. Yeah. So, that is but, yeah, so awesome. it is a picture of a cyber demon fighting the uh, Doom guy, and it's just it's so yeah, cool. So if you guys want to see that image, come join the Discord. Yeah. I'll put that in y'all's private chat. So we'll, we'll put it in the you can wait until the episode it. comes out, then we'll put it on the main channels. Fair enough, yeah. fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. It's a really sick image, though. Like, holy yeah. shit. A spectrogram stuff always blows my mind. Yeah, yeah it reminds me of Year Zero by Nine Inch Nails. They did a bunch of ARG-related stuff for that, and one of them was the uh, the hand, the presence. Like, do- there's you can see a hand reaching down, like, yeah. in one of the uh, spectrograms of Year Zero. Nice. Um, I, I really loved Year Zero. Like, I wasn't even a big Nine Inch Nails fan, but that, that album had this great ARG to it. I have a couple uh, Easter eggs, if you don't mind. Yeah, I, absolutely. I they're for, they're they're all. Th- I have three of them. They're all three from Just Cause. Um, so in Just Cause Two, you can fly your plane, and there's different islands. Well, there's this one secluded island that if you fly over it, um, there are letters spelled out. I think it says "Help us" or something like that on the in logs on the side of the thing uh, island on the beach. And if you fly over it, your plane will die. And huh. you, you crash down onto the island, and um, you hear you start hearing weird shit coming from in the woods and stuff. It's a fucking Easter egg for Lost. Nice, wow! Like, and it's that's so random. But yeah, it's just this fucking island where you hear really weird shit, and it's supposed to be the island from Lost that you crash <laughs> on. Here was the hand from Year Zero. Yeah, nice. Oh Pretty yeah, cool. But I think the, 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 that Cyber Demon was maybe even cooler. The. Uh, the other two are from uh, Just Cause 3 and atop one of the high mountains in Just Cause 3, um, if you find it, you got, you got to stumble upon it unless you look it up, but uh, Cloud's Buster Sword is just stuck in the side of the mountain. <laughs> nice! Because, you know, Square Enix yeah. does Just Cause. And then you can also find a crater. There's this big fucking crater and you'll see something sitting in the middle of it, right? And if you go down into the crater and look in the middle to see what it was that caused this crater, it's fucking Mjolnir. It's <laughs> 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 just Thor's hammer. Just Worthy. boom. And you can grapple hook that thing to a helicopter and try to take off, and it's going to yank your helicopter back down to the <laughs> ground. You cannot pick it up. It's fantastic. That's awesome. It just reminds me, like, when we were kids, like, because Willie, as you guys know, has always been a huge Doom fan. I remember when he first showed me like uh, the icon of sin just being John Romero's head. Oh yeah. Yeah. I love that shit, dude. I remember uh, when we played through that game, I used the clip, no clip to go in there and look yeah. at it. I'm just like, son of a bitch. <laughs> yep. And the, inside the boss yeah. of the brain, the, the whole, brain of the boss is just John Romero's head on a spike. It wasn't the whole marketing campaign was if you wanted to beat dude too, you had to kill John Romero. It's the voice when you uh, when you enter the level. It actually has the words backwards said. To win the game, you must kill me, John Romero. <laughs> nice. And he wasn't lying. Yep. Tremendous. Uh, all right. Do you want to do another uh, 
or no, I see you have these broken up into uh, sections. Yeah, that, that's so. the end of the uh, Easter egg ones I have. So the rest of the ones I have are things that programmers put into the ROM of the game that was not accessible during the game, but you could find if you looked in the ROM or the cool. source code. So I'll, I'll do those next, but I'll, I'll let you guys have a cycle. Okay. Well, I have uh, one from Kingdom Hearts since we were just talking about nice. that. And we'll... Uh, I realize that you two probably will not understand these references, but some of our listeners yeah, might, good. and I can explain things. Uh, Ventus, Terra, and Aqua are from the future. Now, Ventus, Terra, and Aqua are all the Birth by Sleep characters. Uh, Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep, there's three different little campaigns. You play it from three perspectives, and it's Ventus, Terra, and Aqua. Um, so, Ventus, Terra, and Aqua, and all Birth by Sleep characters are from the future. Terra is actually a descendant of Riku, and Aqua is the descendant of Kyrie, and Ventus is the descendant of Sora or Roxas, depending on what you believe. Why? Well, sometime in the far future, Master Xehanort tries another Keyblade War. Yada, yada, yada. Um, th- this is a long paragraph, so I'm trying to shorten it up a little bit. Uh, Terra and Aqua will one day defeat him, but tries to kill th- he tries to kill them while they're undergoing training from their teacher. Uh, they learn of their ancestors through Master Yin Sid. Terra then goes to find Riku back in time. Hence why he's seeing Ancestor's future self through visions slowly forming into Ansem. Uh, Kyrie goes to save her past self from a universe in a protective spell on her while Ventus seeks Sora to stay with his heart to protect him. All of that makes about as much sense as actual human hearts. <laughs> um, but that's a theory that those that instead of being from the past like they're presented as in the game that they're actually from the future yeah and i can tell that like if you've played kingdom hearts that would make a lot more sense to you so hopefully some of you yeah. listeners enjoyed that one <laughs> yeah it's a lot of names a lot of names that you have to know yeah. for that i mean it is interesting that the three characters you mentioned have names that are kind of elemental related because i think you said they were what ignis terra and ventus uh ventus terra which- and aqua uh, which basically sounds like it means like wind, fire, and uh, land or something like that. Yeah, by water. Yeah, aqua. aqua would be water. Oh, wait, Aqua. <laughs> Where did I get... Didn't you said it was like one called Terra. Oh, yeah, there's Terra. Terra, Ventus, sure. and Aqua. Wind, okay. earth, so. and water. No fire. Okay. okay. <laughs> the, fire, no the, fire. the fire's in your heart. True. <laughs> I thought you said it was an Ignis. No, Ignis is in Final Fantasy 15. Oh. <laughs> uh, I'm so confused. Different square product. Yeah, welcome to Kingdom Hearts. (laughs) Uh, uh, Dragon Quest. (laughs) When you say, I'm confused, you have started to understand Kingdom Hearts. (laughs) (laughs) Namaste. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Nate, hit us with one. All right. So, I kind of like the theories are a little bit darker in video games, but only if they kind of make sense. So, this is one that I think actually makes a ton of sense. That's really kind of sad for Pokemon Red and Blue. So, you have your rival, Gary, right? Well, on the SSN, you fight him and beat him there, right? And he's had this Rattata that he evolved into Eradicate with him this whole time. And eventually, you fight him on the SSN, you beat him. The next time you see Gary is in the Lavender Town Pokemon Cemetery, which is where people go to mourn their the loss of their Pokemon. Um, he's just chilling there. And you never see his Raticate again. You straight up whooped him so bad that you murdered his Raticate. Huh. And that's why he is at the yeah. cemetery next when you see him. Because you killed his Raticate. You killed him, man. Yeah. I, I read that last night and I was like, oh, fuck. That's fucking... T- Jesus. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense because like there is a Pokemon Cemetery. People mourn the loss of their Pokemon. 
And that is where you see Gary next after whipping him so bad and never see that Raticate again. That's fun. I like the one-two punch there where it's like, you, you, the last time you see the Raticate is the last time before you meet him in Lavender Town. Because Lavender Town is like famously kind of yeah. spooky. Like there's a creepy pasta based around Lavender Town. If you play the Lavender Town music backwards, it also sounds fucked up, but it also sounds fucked up forwards. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, like, Lavender Town's spooky. It's a weird place where weird shit happens. And it was a strangely adult moment in a game that was mostly a pretty cheerful game for 10 year olds up to that point. This is a, a really long one, so I'm not going to read it, but I'm going to read you the name of it. And it is okay. Pokemon is a post nuclear war anarchist utopia. Hmm. Like, I've heard a little bit and... about that one where it's like, uh, you know, there's a reason why, like, nobody has a father. You never see fathers, you just see mothers, because all these fathers were just lost in war, and you're sending their kids out on their Pokemon adventures because that's all there really is for them at this point, because they're a bunch of fatherless children now running around with their Pokemon. And there's the professors that lived because they weren't warlike. And then you have a few gym leaders. And if you notice in Pokemon Red and Blue, one of those is a military man, like a Sergeant Surge or whatever. Lieutenant yeah, Surge, Lieutenant who Surge. also is explicitly listed as being American in that game, despite the fact that America doesn't exist, <laughs> generally speaking, in the Pokemon universe. Yeah. So it, it's it, there's some stuff behind that because like there's not a lot of adults and most of the adults are women. I feel like maybe this is what Pokemon Uranium wanted to explore, but it was just kind of ham hand <laughs> Probably. And then uh, the only other one I have, and if you have this one on your list, then I'll let you talk about it, but is uh, Ditto is a failed Mew. Yeah, one. I've seen that one before. I don't have that one on my list. I didn't go into that one too much. I do have one other Pokemon one, though. <laughs> yeah, this is just mostly, uh, you know, they tried to clone Mew, and it didn't come out properly, and it came out as this amorphous blob. That nice. that was Ditto, and that's just where Ditto came. And it from. makes sense because they're the only two Pokemon that know the move Transform. Uh, oh shit! Yeah, yeah, and I didn't even think of that. It also says uh, Mew and Ditto share almost identical colors mm-hmm. for their normal and shiny yep. variants. Um, yeah. Mew, Mido, Mew, and Ditto uh, share a common weight of eight point eight pounds. Uh, they're both genderless. Oh. Uh, they both have the same base stats across the board. Or, I'm sorry, they both have leveled stats across the board. Uh, they're the only Pokemon who can naturally learn Transform. Uh, Mew holds the DNA of all known Pokemon, while Ditto can essentially breed with every single Pokemon aside from legendaries. Huh. This one's stupid. Ditto's appearance as a scientific blob. What? I don't, I don't, I don't see how that fits in. <laughs> What's a scientific blob? <laughs> Tis I, the scientific blob. <laughs> I mean, it looks like a blobfish to um, more than anything else. And the, the last... Isn't there a blobfish Pokemon, too? Uh, I can't think of one off the top of my head. They, they, should. Should, they should. They they should make one because they're, they're freaking adorable. The last one that looks cool to me is the... Uh, it was implied that Mewtwo was created on Cinnabar Island, and that's where you can catch Ditto. Mm, makes sense. So, yeah. And then my last Pokemon one, then, is that Pokedex entries are straight-up bullshit. Because... If you think about it, it's just a bunch of 10-year-olds, like we said, going out and doing all this research for professors, and they're the ones coming back, catching and battling and seeing all these Pokemon, and they're the ones coming to the professors and reporting the results. So, of course, like, height and weight are going to be completely jacked up. Oh, how tall was the Charizard you saw, Timmy? Oh, it was, like, really, really tall, professor, like, five foot seven inches, which is Charizard's actual <laughs> listed height. 
But if you play like Pokemon Shield and Sword, where the champion Leon has a Charizard, that thing is way taller than him. And Leon is at least a teenager slash adult. So I don't buy that Charizard is five foot seven. Well, that's like uh, in the games and stuff. Dragonite is like eight, nine feet or something like that. And in the yeah. show, he was like yeah. 30 feet tall. <laughs> he was this massive fucking legendary Pokemon. Yeah, come to think of it, Dragonair even in the show was like super duper 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 mm-hmm. long. So it's like uh, I guess Pokedex it, entries don't make sense. That's, that's all there is to it. Because because everything is just being reported by exactly that's that makes a ton of sense to me. And then Willie, that is before we go to yeah. your, uh, yours. I just have some quick Pokemon evolution theories that I'll just hell I'll yeah. run through quickly. Oh hell, we got we got to do Venonat. We got to do Venonat. So well, I'll see if that's on here. Um. Aerodactyl evolved into Zubats. Huh. What? How, wait, wait, what? Can you justify that one a little bit? It says uh, Aerodactyl have gone extinct in the Pokemon world. This theory states that they evolved into the bat Pokemon Zubat. Uh, oh. Upon initial inspection, their body, wingspan, and the style of wings are very similar. Aerodactyl's shiny version has a close color scheme to Crobat. And uh, Zubat's never, next evolutionary stage as well. Um, Crobat only possesses teeth on the lower jaw, and Aerodactyl's lower jaw is built heavily hmm. and will only a break. And with only a break and no teeth visible from the upper jaw, Aerodactyl knows supersonic as well. Uh, bite and wing attacks for starting moves, and Zubat quickly learns those as he levels up. Yeah. I haven't heard that one before. Yeah, that actually turned out better than I expected. <laughs> uh, Bulbasaur Oddish Symbiosis? What? <laughs> What? Uh, this is saying that the plant on Bulbasaur's back is really an Oddish growing symbiotically. Huh. <laughs> huh. So, yeah, there's that. Um, Butterfree and Venomoth sprites were switched. That's the one. That's the one. Yep. Uh, when Butterfree and Venomoth's evolutionary chains are put next to each other, some will say that Butterfree and Venomoth look like they should switch places. Both of these Pokemon sprites are much better suited for the other one's chain. Yeah, the uh, the eyes in particular. Like, if you look at the eyes, Venomoth has the eyes of the rest of the uh, line, the other Butterfree, because Metapod doesn't really have eyes. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm actually looking at a picture of it, and yeah, you're at 100 right. That's weird. Yeah, yeah. That's real weird. Um. Oh, here's one that everyone knows. Cubones wear the remains of their mother. Mm-hmm. The, well, that's that's, the, that's the, canon. The skull is the Genghis Kangaskhan. Oh, the Kangaskhan connection. Yeah, that that is one of my favorite fan theories, that Kangaskhan may have been the mother of the Cuban, yeah? Yeah, because um, they say that uh, in the some of the sprites, I don't remember which game it was from, uh, Kangaskhan has the little baby one in her pouch, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they say that that's what crawls out and then puts the skull yeah. on its head, which is fucking Sad depressing. Hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Gengar is Clefable's shadow. Yep. Yeah, Which that one's really cool. Makes a lot of sense when you look at him. Uh, Parasect is controlled by its mushroom. Yeah, that one's sad too. But it makes sense if yeah, you think about just, like those ants. Like I can't remember where they're from that get controlled by the fungus down. Like it's crazy. Like there's basically zombie ants in the world controlled by fungus. Uh, Ophiocordyceps unilaterals. Yeah, that. Yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. Uh, and the only one, on the, the other one on here that jumps out to me is Pyroar and Entei are related. They're the only two lion Pokemon, excluding Solgaleo. Um, but that's from Ultra Space, whatever that is. Okay. I'm not sure what Ultra Space is. Um, You're from Ultra Space, bitch. But yeah, apparently they're related. All right. Yeah. Oh, and then I have something about the Great Pokemon War, but I'm going to skip that. You already kind of mentioned it. Yeah. So, all right, Willie, what you got? I, I want to do a few uh, a few things that were 
put in the ROM by uh, certain people that made video games. I think these are very fun. I, again, I misunderstood the assignment, so I didn't do any fan theories, although I'm very happy that we got to talk about some of my favorite fan theories already. But so what I've got here is uh, some things that were put into the ROMs based that were, uh, sorry, based, that were um, put there by the programmers as a hidden message that they didn't expect to actually be seen by anyone except ROM hackers and people who actually had access to the source code. Uh, so for the first one, uh, here's one from um, Ganso Sayuki Super Monkey Daibouken, which just has a cute little message, a little... Someone just the, the programmer just wanted to get his stuff out there, and he just wanted to find a lady, and so he wrote this. This is translated from the Japanese by the people, or translated by uh, the cutting room floor user Glitterberry. The text is: <clears throat> Designer Kaoru Nakajima, twenty-six years old, born nineteen sixty in Toyokawa City, Aichi Prefecture. I want to lick some pussy. <laughs> I want a perverted miss. I love vagina and the clitoris. <laughs> Dude, that is fucking tremendous. I love it so much. I hope he got married. I hope he, I, I, I hope I, he found I, his I perverted miss. Same. It was, a, it was a bad video game. It's a famously kind of cr- uh, crummy Journey to the West type game. Didn't do good. But that, you know what? I'm happy for you Kauri. just hope, hope hope you got there <laughs> oh my goodness and then uh, another one from the uh, Nintendo 64 game the new Tetris the programmer uh, David Pretty uh, made a few notes in the code including I must say it was a fun time coming down to San Francisco to do the new Tetris although there were a few problems first of all being our producer Dan my god, is this guy useless or what? I don't hate you, Dan, but you suck, and I mean suck as a producer. <laughs> you should go back to testing video games, but I doubt you could even manage that properly. I feel sorry for you. During this project, you just sat around and played video games, StarCraft and EverQuest. Don't even deny that. When you were working, it was just making stupid Excel spreadsheets to try to tell me how many bugs I had left to fix on a graph. Like, what the fuck is that? Who cares? I have the bug list in front of me. Like, I need to see it in freaking Technicolor. (laughs) So, Dan, I must say this. Hold on to and fake your job while you can, because once they find out how truly useless you are, you will be out of a job. I cannot think of any skill set that you would fit into <laughs> in this industry. You say you better hold on tight. In parentheses. This guy thought I could save a name in 8.4 bits. Like, 0.4 bits? What the fuck is about 0.4 bits? It's either on or off, not in between. But enough about you. Then he goes on to rant about several <laughs> That's tremendous, dude. And most of them are pretty nice. He says pretty much nice things to say about his uh, teammates, even the ones he didn't actually like that much. He says that the musician did, like, a great job, except that he was very lazy and he just kind of wishes the guy worked harder. <laughs> Story of my life. That's the musician <laughs> lifestyle, right, Dalton? <laughs> yeah, it really uh, is. <laughs> I'll do, I'll, I'll, I'll do one more, um, I'll do one more, uh, from the ROM of an old game before I pass it back to one of you guys again. I, I got many more after this one too, but I feel like I'm kind of no, you're good. monopolizing it. But from the uh, NES game Iron Tank, or in Japan, Great Tank, this ROM was uh, had a bit of code from a guy named Yukio Kaneda, which says, 
Programa no Keente Deso. Nintendo no Boke Ahokasu Shine Tsubareru Famicom Nanka Kiraida. Which means... Indeed. This is the programmer, KNT. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was for you. That. that was great. Thank you. This is the programmer, KNT. <laughs> those idiots at Nintendo are fucking assholes. Die, go bankrupt, I hate the Famicom. <laughs> wow. Those are strong words, man. Yeah. Apparently, uh... <laughs> So that was a Nintendo 64 game with some hate and a Nintendo or a Famicom game with some hate. Apparently, there were some issues in Nintendo back no then. No kidding. I mean, there's issues all over the place. My next one is a freaking going to be a European game for the ZX Spectrum. So, like, <laughs> they are all over the place. People just could not stop themselves from putting little rants in their video games. <laughs> oh, all right. What you got next, Nate? All right. The next one is Final Fantasy VIII. So their whole theory goes that Squall is dead. At the end of disc one, Squall gets basically an icicle thrown through his chest, and then that's where the disc cuts off. And then disc two starts, and no one ever mentions it again. Everybody's just there hanging out with Squall, and everything's kind of normal. People say that it's all part of Squall's dream moving forward from disc two on is just Squall's dream. I hate this theory, because that makes everything <laughs> about Final Fantasy VIII so damn pointless. <laughs> Yeah, it really does. It's like uh, what he imagines should happen as he's dying. And I like the uh, the tie-in to that is like the ending sequence when it's like it's showing like these things that he's seeing like Renoa and then it fades away. And it's like him losing his memories as he's finally dying. Yeah. Like, I just kind of figured that the ending was that because of time compression and all that. Yeah, because there's, there's an like explanation the, the for that. The side effects yeah. of... <laughs> Yeah, this, the side effects of coming back from time depression. Whereas, like, but it really doesn't make sense that he gets absolutely murked at the end of disc one and it just never comes up again. No, it doesn't have a like, wound. he's just fine. He's just chill. He's just chilling. Yeah. He doesn't have a big fucking hole through his chest. There's no bandaging. Yeah. Like, and all of a sudden he goes from being just a seed, just a regular seed to all of a sudden he's the fucking leader. Yeah. And all of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and, all, and all of a sudden he starts caring about Rhinoa after <laughs> that. Yeah. Because he didn't before at all. He kind of freaking hated her. Speaking of Renoa, uh, I was excited when you said that you picked a Final Fantasy VIII theory and it was Squall was dead because I also have a Final Fantasy VIII fan theory. And it nice. is that Renoa is Ultimecia. Well, that's kind of true and even in the canon in the sense that she is sorceress. Yeah. So it says... A popular theory for Final Fantasy VIII is that the dear protagonist and the love interest of the main character Squall, Renoa Hartley, is actually the main villain, Ultimacia. Uh, at a point in the game, Adia asks Renoa to choose a knight for emotional support, as her being her as her power as her sorceress, and Squall volunteers. I feel like Deutero antagonist is very strong for Renoa. She is not even close to that. She's like the fifth I agree. most important <laughs> character in the game. I agree. If anybody's the second most important character, it's Zell. Fight Zell rules. <laughs> Zell was Zell's awesome. my favorite character. <laughs> um, so yeah, Squall volunteers to be her her knight, um, which fans speculate that after the game's events, Squall dies defending Renoa, and she, mad with grief, seeks to create time compression to be reunited with her beloved. Um, the idea is based on several hints within the game, such as the fact that Ultimecia's guardian force bears the same name, Griever, as the ring that Squall gives to Renoa during the course of the game. Uh, however, before fighting Griever, Ultimacia's claim to attach one of the party members, Squall. Um, 
or claims to attach to one of the party members of Squall. Uh, it can be assumed that in doing so, her guardian force, in fact, Ultimacia herself, takes a part of Squall, which he holds close, which is the Griever emblem. Um, as such, it should be noted that the Griever is not only part of the ring, but presumably the lion head at the end of his keychain and on part of his many belts. It also says it's worth noting that both Renoa and Ultimacia share near identical facial structure in the FMV sequences. Yeah, because they were really good at making defined facial structures for characters in JRPGs back in the 90s. <laughs> uh, which is emphasized by the final shot of Renoa's face within the game, which flashes several times to Ultimacia's. Uh, furthermore, they're the only two sorceresses who are shown to have wings. Um, and it can be expounded as to her friends die around her. Uh, Renoa becomes dark and twisted, and yet Squall kept his promise to be beside her as always. As such, he became Griever. Yeah, it's just they literally both have heart-shaped faces. Right? <laughs> huh. Yeah, man. So that's all. Renoa is Ultimacia. It's a better theory than Squall is dead. Yeah. Wait, dead Squall is Ultimacia. Uh, I do have one more quick Final Fantasy one, and it's what really killed Aerith. Okay, so... Uh, a big freaking sword! <laughs> so... This says that the sword goes through Aerith, and there was no blood shown or anything during the death scene. That is, that is true, which, because it was a game from 1996. It says, it could logically mean that she simply passed out from the shock after Sephir Sephiroth's sword severed her spinal corn. Cord, <laughs> spinal corn. Uh, her spinal corn. And, <laughs> and Cloud himself accidentally kills her when he buries her at sea. Oh, God. That's <laughs> just, just so adding a step to how mean. she died. There's no reason. Yeah, yeah basically. <laughs> basically. <laughs> uh, let's see. How many theories you got I've left, Dalton? I've got one more. So. One, two. Uh, if you guys want me to pop back into ROM messages, I have about three more of those left. Yeah, spank one of those okay, down. Yeah. I've got four left. So, uh, so go oh, ahead. Oh, shit. You got four more theories? One, yeah. one, of, one of them short, though. Actually, I, I yeah, go for it, Dalton. Next. Okay. Uh, Metal Gear Solid 3 is nothing but a virtual mission. That, dude, that is so really legitimately what Kojima would have done. <laughs> that I, having not played 3 and don't know that game's story back to front. Like, I mean, part of 2 was not real because of, you know. Uh, like, th yeah. that makes sense to me. That actually makes genuinely yeah, it Seems like something Hideo Kojima would do for sure. Yeah, so basically, the gist of it says it comes from uh, one Tyler Humphrey at Twinfinite. Um, Consider the evidence. At the beginning of the game, Major Zero, who was the Zordon to Naked Snake's Green Power Ranger, that's <laughs> what this says. What a sentence, <laughs> you nerd. Informs us that we are about to embark on a virtuous mission. Naked Snake mishears this and asks, Virtual mission? Oh, I can do that better. Virtual mission? Virtual mission? Yeah. <laughs> Snake. Uh, I'm here to kick ass and do the wrong impression, and I'm all out of ass. <laughs> uh, <what>? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm over here looking really proud of myself, and they're both looking at me like, what the fuck have you just done? <laughs> it, it just basically goes on to say that a lot of things in the game are uh, references to, like, Escape from New York and things like that, and that they think that it's a training <laughs> mission. <laughs> There's references to Escape from New York in the game where the main character's name is Snake. Neat. Good catch. <laughs> yeah. And, and he wears an eye patch and he talks yeah. like this. Cool. Good work. But yeah. It's, it's basically just saying that it's a, it's a training yeah. mission. For, whether it's for Snake or Raiden, that I don't know. But 
yeah that's it um so yeah then uh, i'll let willie knock out one of yours and then we'll we'll go back I'll, and forth. I'll, I'll just do my next one uh this one is less fun than the last couple but for the adams family for the zx spectrum uh Apparently, the guy who had programmed this had just had his car broken into and was super duper fucking pissed about it. <laughs> so, like, uh, in the uh, in the ROM, there's like six different messages where he's complaining about car thieves, and so he's like, "Car thieves and burglars who are the scum of this earth should all be hanged." <laughs> then there's a separate message. There is no justification for crime. <laughs> separate message. If someone in breaks into your house or tries to steal your car, you should have the right to shoot Jesus. them dead. They are no more used to society than a rabid Good dog. God. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> this that guy wears a red hat and attends QAnon rallies now. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the wildest thing is this is clearly from a British Oh, game. yeah. <laughs> he was a big fan of Brexit. That's the person blowing me away. Yeah. It's it's very, very, very American yeah. in tone. Like, the worst kind of American. But it was a ZX Spectrum game. We basically didn't have that system. Yeah, this dude here. has one of those bumper stickers that says, shoot your local heroin dealer. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, fucking A, dude. Um, all right, Nate, do you want me to knock out another one since you've only got the one left? Or do you want to go ahead and do Sure, it? I'm just going to do the last one I have because that way I can just listen okay. to what you fellers got. The last one I have is from the Portal series. Companion cubes are people. So there are people inside of the companion cubes. And there's a little stuff backing it up. Like if you go into some of those little lore rooms in Portal and stuff, you can see like where all the drawings and stuff and how like GLaDOS yeah. tells you. If the if the cube speaks to you, do not answer or whatever stuff like that. So I saying there's a possibility that this cube's going to talk to you because there's a person in it. Oh. oh, that's wild! Now, are we talking like a person crammed inside of it, like Five Nights at Freddy's, or just their sentience? So, what have gathered crammed inside of it, like a failed test subject that they're eliminating now? They just put it into a companion cube that gets incinerated later. Jesus <laughs> Christ! That makes sense. That's pretty heavy. That makes sense for that portal like world. Yeah. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't put it past him, which is, that is the, that is the peak zone to be in. I wouldn't put yeah. it past him. <laughs> I could see Valve doing uh, it. <laughs> oh, yeah. 100 fucking percent. Also, like, going back to Easter eggs, uh, the little Easter eggs between uh, Aperture Science and um, Black yeah. Mesa are, are hilarious. Yes. <laughs> I just I love that. Like I, I always appreciate when developers intertwine their games, even if it's just little Easter eggs like that, just little nods to fans. Like, oh yeah, we we got you yeah. guys. <laughs> uh, so my next one is, and I don't have a lot of context for this because I haven't played it yet, but I know both of you have. Most of Undertale never happened. That that make there's some really deep lore to that game, honestly. So the theory. As indicated by the title, this theory says most of Undertale never happened. Um, let's see. Info that leads to it. Frisk always has their eyes closed. Uh, no one could survive the fall without going into a coma, even with flowers. Maybe Undertale is a kind of weird-like dream. In the true pacifist route, in the end, you wake up on the flower bed, but they say you were asleep for ages, uh, like a coma for a long time. Uh and they were worried that you weren't going to wake up. Yeah. And there's definitely stuff like that. I just like to play the game. 
<laughs> yeah, I I'm interested in playing that game in yeah, general. I would love the, to do that one. Like I said, hopefully this year for the show. Like like I said, I like playing that in the winter time. So maybe November December type of game for us. Yeah, that would, I'd be down. I'd be down. All right, what you got next? I mean, mechanically speaking, a lot of it didn't happen because n- oh. I mean you replay the game you know you do different routes people always do that yeah and that the game mechanically has answers to that which is one of the things that's most interesting Mm -hmm. about it totes not not that i've finished the game ever in any mode but i've done it twice now i've done like a regular run in the pacifist (laughs) neutral pacifist nice but you don't have the guts to do the i'm gonna do that for the show Okay, I've heard that. The, it, yeah, I just I don't want to. I've heard I really don't want the, to hurt the, them. The genocide so, uh, run has the coolest song because yeah. that's where you get to hear yeah. Sans' yeah. music. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the the main reason I would do it. Is just I really want to see that fight. But oh my god, I don't want to do everything it takes to yeah. do that fight. Well, uh, what you got next, bud? Yeah, I'm yeah. done. All right, I got. I guess I have uh, two left. Uh, the next one is the Windows and Mac OS port of the PlayStation 1 game Spider-Man. And there was a programmer on this team named Matt Duncan. And throughout the code on the CD-ROM, the code just keeps absolutely blasting Matt for being bad coding. <laughs> Here's some random lines from the hidden developer comments that are visible in there. <clears throat> Null pointer to target POS. Fix this, Mr. Matt Duncan. This shouldn't be zero. Remove state from table. Huh, these aren't equal. Fire Matt immediately. <laughs> what? No waypoint in cache? Matt needs to fix the chase player routine. Fire Matt after kicking him decidedly in the nutsack. <laughs> Fire Matt, he fucked up the Rhino XA. Actually, kick him in the nuts first. Jeez. Not enough uh, slots. Fire Matt. Unknown substate. Fire Matt. Demote Matt immediately. Fire Matt immediately, please. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Imagine everybody It is widely job. believed that Matt himself is actually the one that wrote those lines in. <laughs> oh, okay. Because <coughs> I was about to say, dude, imagine your whole team hating you yeah. like that. <laughs> Fuck Matt, right? Um. Fuck Matt. And then finally, this is from the Doom source code. Like, Doom Doom. It is in... I had the uh, source file open a little earlier. It is from dstrings.c in the Doom source code. You can go look it up yourself if you want to look up uh, dstrings.c. In in Doom... (laughs) Fuck you. Anyway, uh, so when you quit out of Doom, there's a little message that pops up. It says a whole bunch of different things. There were a few of them that were commented out. In the source code, they're listed as Final Doom question mark, but they weren't used in Final Doom. They were just never used. But they were just some extra rude messages that John Romero and his friends added to the met, uh, thing. <clears throat> I'd leave. This is just more monsters and levels. What a load. <laughs> Suck it down, asshole. You're a fucking wimp. <laughs> Don't quit now. We're still spending your money. <laughs> there is no message. This page left intentionally blank. <laughs> hey, Ron, can we say fuck in this game? <laughs> <laughs> I like those, yeah. dude. I, I I like the ending message. I really would wish they did the uh this this page is supposed to be left blank and just would have let that in there. That'd have been fucking hilarious. <laughs> oh man, uh, that's all I got. I am now tapped out for the episode. Out of juice. Okay, so I've got two more fan theories, and then I've got an article about fan theories that were confirmed by studios. 
Nice. So the last two fan theories I have are about Animal Crossing. All right. The first one is that Animal Crossing is set in purgatory. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense to me. It says, in Animal Crossing games, you, you the player character, are actually dead. You are driven, quote-unquote, to purgatory by car or train, depending on the game. Now, many people regard purgatory as a place of punishment, but others understand it's sort of a waiting room. Uh, you enter a, quote-unquote, town that is populated with cute, humanoid-talking animals. This seems perfect for your character, a small child, the perfect environment to keep you calm and relaxed. Uh, your character is clearly unaware that they have died, and this is something your own personal purgatory seeks to hide from you. Why? Because your character is not in heaven yet, and it isn't safe to suffer for safe from suffering heartache and other traumas from the knowledge that know that they have passed on. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just talks about how nothing in the game really makes sense except it's just becoming like becoming fathoms of someone's mind as they're in the afterlife. Which essentially, and you can never leave the town. That's the big kicker. You can check out anytime you like. But you can never you can leave. Never leave. <laughs> <laughs> Nate, that sounded like the jackass. Thing. Uh, whether when your character will be able to uh, when your character will be able to enter into heaven is unknown. But in Animal Crossing: New Leaf, it is possible that your character will be able to ascend into paradise once the town tree reaches its full growth stage. So I'm sure that that is exactly what kicked off that entire theory. Is this that is graveyard <laughs> keeper? Is what you've done? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, the other the other fan theory for Animal Crossing is uh, child kidna- child kidnapping and slave labor cult theory. <laughs> That's a big difference. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, I have definitely heard generally that Tom Nook is like in charge of this ring. Yeah, it says the game itself represents a human trafficking operation where children are lured in by friendly characters and kidnapped. Um, the Animal Crossing series may seem child friendly with friendly animals characters. However, these animals may have a dark secret when it comes to introducing the player to their community. In fact, the animals do indeed kidnap young, naive children and place them into slave labor, pretending to kids that it's a really fun, loving community. Uh, the evidence is at the start of the game, the player was introduced to a character named Cap'n, who takes them to the Animal Crossing community. However, Cap'n is actually based on a, the Japanese mythological river demon called Kappa which are infamously, infamously known for luring and then kidnapping children. It is worth mentioning of his creepy speeches and tone, start stating things that children considering them, uh, he considers them so gullible. The other uh, theory to this is Tom Nook and the never-ending debt, yeah. which is what you just touched on, which is just you get introduced to the raccoon character and you just pay him off, but your debt never really ends because everything you do increases it. So... It is a uh, child kidnapping and slave labor cold game. Yeah. As you do. <laughs> As you do. Um, so, moving on from those, um, fan theories that studios actually confirmed. Yeah, let's go. I'm interested in this. Okay. Sorry, I meant to do my a la carte voice. I'm interested in this. <laughs> uh, the Shinra Corporation's Secret Origins. Uh, Final Fantasy is basically the video game equivalent to James Bond movies. Genre-defining stories with consistent elements and extremely loose continuity. Uh, The Final Fantasy franchise, who's wrote the rules for nearly every element you picture, yada, 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 that's all bullshit. Fans have theorized for years that any of the dozens of alternate universes are connected through magic or technology. But one of the most compelling examples is that of Shinra, a supporting character in Final Fantasy X-2, eventually goes on to found the Shinra Company. Um, Yoshi- Wait, what? 
it's what it says uh, a character supporting character in Final Fantasy X who eventually goes on to start the Shinra. There's a company. very minor character in Final Fantasy X called Shinra, but I didn't. Hmm. Uh, Yoshinori Kitase, the director of Final Fantasy VII, obliquely confirmed this in an interview at Kotaku. I won't completely come out and say that this is the same world, he cautioned. However, Shinra in Final Fantasy X-2 was created by uh, Kazushige Nojima, the scenario writer. And when he thought him up, he thought it might be good if people would imagine that after a few years, after the story of Final Fantasy X-2, that person Shinra will grow up and start the Shinra company. So that is something that he did hint in there. That's really weird, though, because like... 10 and 7 are both the Final Fantasy games that have, like, the strongest conception of, like, souls and afterlifes, and they're completely disparate concepts. I don't know, man. Final Fantasy be like that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, the next one. Twilight Princess is a sequel to Majora's Mask. Okay. There's, like, an official last timeline of of Zelda games now where it's, like, there's a couple of them where he failed in the first couple games, and then that becomes one timeline and all of that i've been meaning to look into more of the link timelines because i know that it's people have really broken that shit down hardcore i think um, i think at this point there's like five different zelda timelines <laughs> like not like different like different from each other but like canonical breaking points where it forms five different stories yeah um in twilight princess there are hints that the game connects to majora's mask despite the former game's restoration of the classic hyrule ganondorf zelda paradigm uh, multiple characters in Twilight Princess utilize design elements that reference the look of Majora's Mask. And a story element in Twilight Princess mentions that a villainous race, the Twily, were once banished to a mysterious shadow realm. Fans were convinced that this quote-unquote shadow realm was really Termina, directly connecting the two mm. games and restoring Majora's Mask back into the Zelda continu- continuity. God, I keep wanting to say continuity or whatever the <laughs> fuck. That's just not how you say that word. <laughs> the creators eventually confirmed the two games' connection in an official timeline of the various Zelda timelines slash realities, showing Twilight Princess directly following Majora's Mask. You gotta Mask. love it when the fans write something so good, they just put it into the timeline itself, because they didn't think of that. The fans did, and they are just like, yeah, let's use that. Yeah, <laughs> 100. Uh, the Rito and Wind Waker are descendant from the Zora. The Rito are the bird people. Uh, yeah. Uh, and the Zora are the like swimmers, yeah. right? Yeah. So it says uh, the game seems like Majora's Mask uh, to almost be willfully non-canonical with a reimagining of both Link himself and the world around him. Still attentive fans were convinced that re- the Rito... Um, a race of bird people in the Wind Waker were actually an evolutionary descendant of the Zora, a classic Zelda race of fish people, uh, thus tying Wind Waker to a larger Zelda timeline. Uh, in the game, Rito uses a symbol very similar to the Zora's banners in previous games. And one character, uh, Medi, excuse me if I'm saying these names wrong, uh, mentions a bloodline that can be traced back to the Zora, a Zora sage. That's all fans needed to theorize about how the evolution could have happened and how it affected the Zelda continuity as a whole. Uh, and then basically, we created the Rito as the evolved form of the Zora that appeared in Ocarina of Time, and the Korogs are what the Kokiri became once they left the forest, said series producer huh. Aiji Aonuma. Ah, man. Yeah, I fucked his name all up. I apologize. Uh, not that you're listening. They appear different, but they have inherited in their blood. Nice. So, uh, another one is, uh, this is one that I think is pretty well known. Super Mario 3 yeah, is a play. Don't, don't think we need to get in that. Everything yeah. is just a yeah. set piece. Mario exits stage left off of every show because stage left is actually right for the audience perspective. So Mario always leaves stage yeah. left oh, yeah. for him. Oh, yeah. 
And I mean, the opening has the curtain and everything's screwed yeah. on, and yeah. So here's one that I didn't even I didn't even like piece together that this needed to be a thing, but apparently, uh, the characters in Super Smash Brothers aren't the quote unquote real characters. No, they're toys. They're toys that are being animated and played with. I mean, yeah, it's it's it's, it's basically just saying that. Uh, the focus on trophies and blink your message show could I actually get the trip to 3D fighter many of the fan games just are actually just a dramatic representation of kids playing yeah. with toys. That's why I heard the hand yeah. master hand playing with the toys. Oh yeah. See, I, I'm not a huge smash bro player, so I didn't know any of that. So when I was reading this, I was like, well, I mean, I never imagined that they would be the real characters anyway. Like, but with y'all saying that this gives that a lot more context. Cause I was like, I'm reading through this because I didn't read all of these the other day. So when I just read that one in the top in the you know the description of it, I was like, "What the fuck does that even mean?" But I didn't want to spoil no, I mean, it. I think that, that that makes more sense canonically than the idea that all these characters got together from their multiple universes and showed up into a weird fighting thing where they're fighting for no obvious reason. Yeah. Like it's literally kids with their hands mashing video game characters together. Because <laughs> I don't um, want to see the world Metal Gear Terry from King of Fighters exists at the same time period as a squid kid from Splatoon. <laughs> <laughs> that would be kind of strange. Uh, Metal Gear 5's... You're a kid, now you're okay! <laughs> uh, Metal Gear 5's nuclear secret. Have either of you ever heard about this? No. Seen I, this? Have, have you seen this? Have you heard no, about this? I haven't, and I don't want to get too deep into Metal Gear because I kind of want to get into that series. Well, this is for the online. Okay. So... It has nothing to do with the actual story. Oh, okay. um, there was a, a hidden secret to unlock in the game throughout. Um, the actual hidden secret was an unlockable cutscene, data mined from the game itself, but the catch was that no one had any idea how to unlock it. Fans did have one theory, though. The cutscene was achievable only if every single player on the online multiplayer server got rid of their nukes. And the nukes are the most powerful weapon in the online. Huh game right so everyone had to get rid of their nukes uh and i think that eventually they did this or they were like still working on it because there was a running tally on konami's twitter about how many remaining nukes were left in the multiplayer world but what leave it to kojima to think of oh yeah there's a hidden cutscene. then if you want to see it then everyone has to get rid of nuclear war everyone like it's just fucking wild good old kojima old kojima uh, the next one is Braid, the game Braid. Braid has a couple of them. Um, I'm going to go ahead and guess one. You're actually the villain is pretty much the obvious read of the actual game. So it's going to be the game is a metaphor for the invention of the nuclear bomb. It is Braid is about the atomic bomb. <laughs> there we go. We got that yeah. one covered now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, basically, once the secret ending is collected, the princess explodes after a famous Oppenheimer quote. Uh, I am become death destroyer of worlds. Destroyer of worlds pops up. That's fucking dark, bro. And it was confirmed by the studio that that is absolutely yes. true. Um, the next one is a thing for Outlast Two, and I am planning on playing that Halloween time, so we're gonna skip over that one. Um, Symmetra in Overwatch is autistic. Yeah, I saw that. I actually saw that when I was looking through stuff earlier, and I thought that was pretty cool. I don't know enough about Overwatch or Symmetra to know that, but that's pretty cool if that's true. Yeah, I, I do not know either um but it does say that the director jeff kaplan later confirmed this theory saying it's very astute of you to notice that she mentioned the spectrum in our comic symmetra is autistic Ah. 
she is one of our most beloved heroes, and we think she does a great job of representing just how awesome someone with, someone with autism can be. That's really nice. So I that thought that was cool. Kind of makes you just yeah. kind of happy. Representation matters, and this, folks. And this la- sure. last one, and I'm glad it's last because it has to do with Sonic. <laughs> oh, no. Like, Sonic should be first. He's the fastest hedgehog in the world. Would either of you like to guess what it is? If it's, it involves Sonic, can um, Nate, you take a first guess and I'm going to ask a question. Eggman's not actually a villain. Okay. No. What generation of Sonic is it? Genesis, I think. All the way from the start. Um, I got nothing. I got nothing. I can't think of anything that the first generation of games would have had. Michael Jackson. Oh, composed the music for Sonic 3. W- yeah. Worked on Sonic the Hedgehog oh, 3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Which made me be like, what? I have to go listen to that soundtrack because I've never played well, 3. Well, don't, don't play it on the PC yeah. then because it's only on the original Genesis cartridge you can hear the soundtrack that Michael Jackson worked on. Oh, okay. So I'll, I'll just yeah. emulate it. You'll want to find an emulator for it. But uh, there's definitely, not only did he do stuff, but like Ice Cap Zone was written by uh, a confederate of Michael Jackson. It's based on uh, the song uh, Hard Times by the Jetsons, I believe. Nice. But the like a lot of the other songs are like um, Stranger in Moscow was quoted in one of the songs, for instance, before Stranger in Moscow came out. So like, oh, wow, there's a lot of music in that game that's clearly just straight up michael jackson shit that he decided when he when he broke ties with the team and he didn't finish making the game with them he just he used it himself uh and just because it's funny um underneath that it's like next up uh next up recommended secret hidden secrets hidden deep within games first one doom 2 john romero's head (laughs) (laughs) iconic that's hilarious yeah Absolutely. Win the game, you must kill me, John Romero. I don't know why I'm doing the Fezzik voice to be John Romero. Oh. Does anybody want a peanut? Oh, hold on. Hold on, I'm actually going to read this one really quick before we move on to the end of the, the episode. Uh, Yeah, I mean, this seems Portal- like it actually kind of tracks with what we're doing. Let's go. Portal 2, Ratman's final transmission. Um... Valve's award-winning puzzle platformer boasts one Easter egg that requires players to install special software to get the full effect. Turning on a radio in Ratman's third den, which can be located during Chapter 2 and Test Chamber 6, produces an ear-grating sound remarkably similar to a 56K modem. In reality, this is an SSTV signal. Players who discover this hidden signal are automatically rewarded with the quote-unquote final transmission achievement. But those who run it through an SSTV signal decoder are treated to an awesome Easter egg, an SSTV image. Uh, gamers who have already completed Portal 2 once should immediately recognize the location in the picture as Wheatley's new home away from home, the moon. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Monsters! <laughs> uh, yeah, then I think that that's about it. what we got for this Hell week. Yeah. Um, we'll be, I guess, be back in two weeks. I think weeks. we did a good one. I enjoyed this recording. Yeah, that was fun, man. That was fun. Uh, I guess we'll get into house cleaning. I gotta say the word fuck a bunch. (laughs) Yeah. If you would like to join the Discord, you can pop over to uh, bit.ly slash TMP. Wow. Let me try that again. Bit.ly slash TSMP Discord, all capital letters. Uh, Come in, join, vote on the fan game poll. Just come bullshit, share memes, talk with us, have a good time. We want to see some more people join up in there. Um, if you want to join our Patreon and be super cool, um, it's patreon.com slash the Steam Machine Podcast. A dollar will get you the episodes early. Um, and if you 
do $10 or more, you get your name read out on each and every episode, just like these wonderful people named Nate, Sir Cogsworth, the seventh of Juniper, Jeff, the original expendable Mr. Syllables himself, old Jeffy Lube, and Arisa Adam. Shout out to his podcast, Revival and Extinction. I love that Mr. Syllables is stuck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, that really <laughs> Uh, if you want to get a cool shirt with our logo on it, tsmpproductions.threadless.com. Uh, shout out to my other podcast, Yab's Pod. Yet another BS podcast that I do with my buddy Jeremy. Yeah, speaking of Yab's Pod, Jeremy. What's up, King Jeremy? Yeah, Jeremy's been chilling in the um, Discord for Steam Machine lately, so that's been pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was, I was man. like, I was like, come on in. Sure, some high quality memes, dude. He's got some good the memes. Dankest, the he really dankest does. Of he does. Memes, <laughs> Dank memes. <laughs> um. And if all of those links are too much for you and you just want to go to a one place and click some buttons, then you go to bit.ly slash the steam machine podcast, uh, capitalized phonetically. And that will take you to our website. It's got all of the links to the Patreon, the discord. Um, you can go to Bandcamp and get some of my music if you want. Uh, and I believe there are links to some Turtle Bear Man stuff. So I'm going to turn it over to Nate. Because I'm kind of slacking on my social stuff lately, but I'm still going to be around every once in a while. Probably, probably a bit less than I have been lately because I got a lot of stuff going on right now. But follow me on Twitch, Twitter, and TikTok at Turtle Bear Man. Word, word. Oh, one, one other thing, real quick. Um, please leave us a five star review wherever you get your reviews or wherever you know get your podcasts at that would help us a lot especially on itunes willie is there anything you'd like to say my good sir yeah man why not uh so our buddy paul corn has been doing a lot more streaming lately he's gone to about twice a week and i just kind of wanted to shout him out so if you go to twitch.tv slash wayward cross comics he's been streaming uh beat mania on tuesdays and uh streaming with his wife i think on saturday nights playing uh, uh an odd world game and he also does some rogue legacy 2 streams every now and then i started playing rogue legacy because i downloaded that it's new he made it look like a lot of fun and epic currently has the game free so i, I downloaded it the first rogue legacy it's a freaking fun game so yeah like, it's fun it's a lot know, harder than i thought it would be <laughs> i told you it wasn't easy you dumb bitch uh, but um i don't know, go chill with paul he's cool favorite cross comics on twitch yeah for sure for sure man paul's a good dude and uh let's see if i had a recommendation go watch some playstation access after you watch paul's stream playstation access is fun as fuck on youtube um we'll be back in two weeks with some kerbal space program and then after that we will be rolling into amnesia the dark descent Oh, God, I forgot that was coming up. Oh, I'm going to get so spooked. <laughs> yeah, and then it'll be back to our choices, and then uh, we'll be eventually getting to Final Fantasy VII, which I'm looking forward to. So, I'm looking forward nice. to talking shit about it. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, gentlemen, I appreciate you joining me this week, and we appreciate you guys for listening. So as always, from the Destructo Bros and myself, take it easy. Take it easy.